Blog Talk Radio. The Mark Richt era is getting ready to hit the football field next week with the start of spring practice. But basketball is sharing the stage as the Miami Hurricanes pulled into Washington, D.C. today to get ready for their Thursday night quarterfinal game against either Florida State or Virginia Tech. There's no question that Miami remains a football school. But the ups and downs of this basketball team, which flirted with the ACC regular season championship this year, only to wilt each time it arrived on the doorstep of first place, is without a doubt going to be sharing the stage these next few weeks. As they await their NCAA tournament destination on Selection Sunday, Miami has a lot to play for in Washington this week. The Hurricanes probably need two victories to secure a treasured number two seed, in the NCAA tournament. Meanwhile, I know that everyone is really starving for some football news. Mark Richt hasn't been heard from in weeks as he has settled in as head coach and simply begun getting to know everybody. He has kept everything under wraps the past month with no coaches or players being being made available for interviews to the media. That all changes next Tuesday when the Hurricanes take the practice field for the first time in the Richt era and we start to get a look at the coaching styles of the new staff and just what type of football team they're planning to put together. We'll talk about all of that and more tonight as we embark on a new edition of Kane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest three hours in Hurricane Sports. As always, this is your show and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We have 100 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. As always, we're going to use the same system we used throughout the entire football season. If you want to participate in the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. That'll let us know that you would like to speak, and we'll bring you on the show in the order that you're in the queue. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to submit questions and topics that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here is some of what they came up with. How do you see Coach Laranega playing the ACC tournament? Will we see more of a rotation and bigger minutes from the bench, guys, getting ready for the NCAA? Or will we still see a big workload from the top six and a focus on winning the ACC, playing possibly three nights in a row? And the best way to answer that right now would be that this is a team that is always looking to win. You know, Miami basketball is certainly not in any type of stage in development or status where they're, they're sitting there saying, we're not going to take this ACC tournament very seriously. Uh, we're just going to look ahead to the NCAA tournament. Um, they're there to win. They're in Washington, D.C. to try to get to the championship game and have a shot at the tournament championship. If they're successful, even getting to the championship game, that would most likely secure a number two seed in the NCAA tournament which would be absolutely huge. And there's a big difference between being a two seed and being even a a four seed or a five seed. So there's a lot on the line for the Hurricanes right now because they lost that last game of the regular season to Virginia Tech. And 
they should be well rested and ready to go for this tournament. Um, you really don't know what to expect because they've been so schizophrenic. But I'm personally uh, looking for a, a big effort on Thursday night from this team. I, I think they've had several days to get their legs back under them and prepare for the tournament. The teams they play will have played. Uh, the teams they, the, whatever team they play on Thursday night, will have already played two games, and that's a huge advantage for the team that's been sitting there and and will have fresh legs and energy. and And I'm expecting a big performance from the Hurricanes Thursday to set up a huge game on Friday night, most likely against the Virginia team that they split games with during the course of the regular season. Um, and uh, obviously that would be to go to the championship game. So um, I hope that answers the question. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt at all that the Hurricanes are in Washington, D.C. to win it all. Does this basketball team have what it takes to go far in the NCAA tournament? They look a little suspect at times. They might not have the right pieces to go far. There seems to be a lack of leadership. It's like their game is a little too up and down. Well, I think they have the pieces. You know, they're they're one of you know probably 20 teams around the country that have the pieces to contend to make the Final Four. Uh, you know, when you look at this team, they have very strong guard play. Uh, they're very long on the wings. They defend well when they're engaged and 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 want to defend well. Uh, you've got a big guy, Antonio Jakiri, who's an extremely good defensive player. He's learned not to get in foul trouble this year, and uh, not too many teams have a seven-footer that can do the things that Tonye can do. Um, and they've got guys like Jaquan Newton and James Palmer, um, to a lesser extent, Yusita, coming off the bench and providing uh, qu- quality minutes. So uh, they have a lot of the elements that you need to be successful in the postseason. The the, the big question is going to be, can they pull it all together? And will a team that has wilted on the big stage during the course of this season be able to reverse that trend on an even bigger stage here in the postseason? And uh, no way for us to predict that. Um, obviously, uh, that's where the concerns lie. Um, you know, We'll just have to see how they show up. Another thing that I didn't personally like about this season – a season where obviously there was so much to like, uh, and we could go on and on and on. You know, the, the the more steady play of Angel Rodriguez, even though he didn't get a lot of respect from the ACC coaches. Um, you know, I think you got to look at Shakiri's the development for for sure. I think Davon Reed has been a steady force the whole season. Sheldon McClellan maybe not as spectacular as his ability and talent would suggest that he should be, uh, but he's been a, a steady score throughout, throughout the season. Uh, now the question is, usually in a tournament situation like this, you need somebody to assert themselves more and, and be more of a take-charge guy when they're your best player. Uh, we don't really know right now whether Sheldon McClellan has that in him. Uh, we'll have to see as the postseason uh, un- unfolds. Um, but, you know, even with all the questions, like I said, there there's a lot to like. And uh, so, yeah, a little suspect, no doubt. This is a team that could fall on its face in the postseason, but it's also a team that could rise up, and you've got a veteran coach that has experience preparing teams in this situation. you got to like that. And uh, so either way, I think it'll be very exciting for you guys here the next week or two following Hurricane Basketball. Can this team go deeper? 
in the NCAA tournament this year than they went four years ago when the basketball program went to the Sweet 16. And I think it, if they if it all comes together, they could. You know that that team when it hit the Sweet 16 ran out of gas and they played a horrible game against Marquette actually in the same arena that they're going to go into on Thursday night for the ACC tournament. And, um, you know, you remember Reggie Johnson was injured and a non-factor. Um, Duran Scott got elbowed in the jaw in practice before that game and had his mouth wired shut, and that definitely affected his play. Shane Larkin had the stomach flu before that game against Marquette. So that was a team that just ran out of gas and, and, and just didn't have it that night. And if it all comes together, even though I don't believe that this current team is as talented as that team was back there four years ago, I think this team could potentially go further if it gets a good draw uh, because it, it seems to be totally healthy right now, at least here at the end of the season. Now on to some football questions. Given the timing that it takes to transition from one coaching philosophy to another, and the fact that the season begins with three cupcake teams, or believed to be cupcake teams, is it realistic to expect that this football team that will begin spring practice next week can win 10 games this year if it stays healthy? And the questioner is actually projecting the losses would come at Notre Dame, at home, against FSU and North Carolina um, with the Canes, you know, maybe winning one of those three games and, and losing two in that trifecta. And um, yeah, I, w- I would say there's a chance. I, I don't, I don't think that there's not a chance to win 10 games. I think it's a little premature to start trying to do some football prognostication when you consider the fact that the new coaches here, and they haven't even stepped foot and had one practice yet, and we have no idea how the team's going to adapt to his schemes, and, and we have no idea how the team's going to adapt to the new coaching that they're going to be receiving and the new ideas. So the whole thing, well, it, prognostications are always guesswork, but at least once you have the capability of seeing a lot of that stuff, it's educated guesswork. Uh, right now, it's not educated guesswork. It's just guesswork. And uh, But when you look at the schedule and you look at the talent, that's returning, and um, I do think that there is reason to believe that uh, this is a team that, that is built to win right away. You have a, a lot of offensive skill talent around the veteran quarterback, um, obvious question marks on the offensive line. You'll have to see how that comes together, but at least there's a lot of guys there that played football last year, so they're not going to be in awe when they get out on the field. Uh, the question will be, are they? can they just be good enough um, defensively? It, has, it hasn't come all together for Miami in many, many years on the defensive side of the football. Uh, but you have to see how these guys adapt to Manny Diaz's aggressive schemes. But you certainly have talented guys. I mean, when you look at Chad Thomas and Quan Muhammad for starters, and then you start thinking about Gerald Willis coming in on the D-line and maybe Kendrick Norton with a little bit better coaching, taking that next step here in his second season. Um, Anthony Moten, uh, the same thing. You know, Maybe he becomes a better player uh, under Coach Cool than he was under Randy Melvin. And you know, if you can get that play up front looking a little bit better, uh, now you've got a little more depth at the linebacker position. You've got a couple really good young players coming in there to support 
the, the veterans that are coming back. Uh, so there's hope there. Uh, you know, obviously the cornerback position is left a little bit thin. Uh, the safeties, will, you know, you have to see how uh, how that comes together in the new scheme. Those guys are going to be blitzing a lot and things like that. Um, but this is not a hopeless situation by any stretch of the imagination. And um, I don't think it's unrealistic for you to hope for a 10-win season next year. Um, I think it's a team that, if if everything comes together well, could certainly perform at that level. Has there been any word about the offensive style that Mark Richt will use at Miami? Will it look more like what Georgia did last year, or, or will it be more of what he did at Florida State? What's his philosophy going to be on tempo and huddle versus no huddle? And obviously those are the questions everybody wants answered. I don't think there's an answer for him yet. I don't even know that Mark Richt has the answer for it yet. He he is yet to work with Brad Kaya on the football field. And and he doesn't know yet what Brad Kaya can handle. He doesn't know how much audible power to give Brad. Um, I think obviously, I think it's pretty safe to assume that Miami will be running a pro-style offense with Kaya at quarterback. I don't think you're going to see anything too radical there. Um, you've got the personnel for that. You've got you know, good receivers. You've got really good H-backs, tight ends. You've got running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield and some versatility in running styles. So this is an offensive unit that's built for a pro-style offense, and I, I don't see any reason why Mark Rick would deviate from that. Now, you know, obviously there's different plays that you can use and different styles of pro-style offense that he can utilize, and my guess is that that is something that will work itself out as he experiments in spring practice and even into the, into the fall. Um, but pro-style, without a question, will be the way that you see Miami go this year. Quarterback Evan Sheriffs, um, the questioner asks, he's been hearing from multiple sources um, that Evan might be a special player, that all he needs is to physically catch up to his impressive football skills and IQ. Is there a chance that Evan Sheriffs passes Malik Rozier on the depth chart even before the football season starts in September? And to that question, I am going to unequivocally say yes. Uh, I mean, everything I've ever seen of Evan Sheriffs, I was impressed. He's a tall, lanky kid. He's got a decent arm, uh, extremely smart. I think Mark Richt is going to love this kid. Not that he's not going to like Malik, and, and Malik certainly did very, very well when called upon last year to, to go in for Kaya. Um, but I think Evan Sheriffs is the type of talent that Mark Richt's going to fall in love with, and I do think that there is a chance that this year he passes Rozier on the depth chart. And if I had to say which of the two has the greater chance to be the permanent starting quarterback next year, and we could even throw Jack Allison into the fray if Kaya were to leave for the NFL after this year, I might just put Evan Sheriffs ahead of both of those other guys um, as a leading candidate. You know, Obviously, you're hoping Kaya sticks around for two more years. I think that's in everybody's best interest. Um, including Brad's, but there's not a lot of great quarterbacks this year. And if Kaya has a big season, he might be looking to go out after his junior year. Uh, and Miami will have to be prepared for one of those other guys to take over in 2017. But I do, I'm a big Sheriffs fan. I really like him. And, uh, you know, yes, I do think that there is a chance 
on that. All right, there's a few more questions I'll get to in a little bit. Um, but right now, um, let's start getting to your phone calls. The number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. And let's begin tonight. Remember, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I'm seeing a lot of guys on the line right now. I'm not seeing a lot of number ones that have been hit on the keypad. So remember, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's begin right now in the 845, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Good, Gary. How are you doing, Greg? What's up, Greg? How you been, man? Good. You taking it easy for a while here? No, not really. No, I've been been keeping pretty busy. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously we haven't had the show in a few weeks, so I miss hearing your voice. Uh, what, what you got for okay. us tonight? All right, I got a bunch of things. I'll start with hoops. Do you think we're better off playing Virginia Tech, who will have one game under their belt, or Florida State, who will have two? Um, that that that's a good point. I I um you know I said earlier when I was talking about it that both teams would have played, but you're absolutely right. Virginia Tech only would have played one if they beat Florida State, and uh, you're obviously better off playing the team that's played two games, and you know, but but I think both games are, are a little problematic because, you know, if you play Florida State, you're, you're trying to beat a team for the third time this year. Uh, that's not the easiest thing to do. And Virginia Tech would have all kinds of confidence coming in because of the way they spanked the Hurricanes last weekend. So uh, either way, it's a t- it'll be a tough draw for Thursday night. But, you, you know, if you're a quality team and you want to be taken seriously going into the NCAA tournament, you got to win that game. I, I mean, there's no excuses. Um, you're better you're a better team. You've proven it the whole year that you're a better team than those two teams, even though Virginia Tech has gotten a little hot here at the end of the year uh, and, and played a great game last weekend. Over the long haul of the season, uh, you've proven that, that, that you're a top 10 quality team, and you've got to be good enough to win that game. So uh, better off, I'd say, Florida State because they will have played twice. Um, both teams, I think, will present problems, but the Hurricanes will be rested. They'll be focused. And I, I, I think that's a game they obviously uh, should provide a big effort in. Okay, you got to realize Buzz Williams was the coach of Marquette when they knocked this out in that tournament. Yep. So he's a good coach. Okay, uh, let's. I just want to disagree with you. I think that this team has more talent than the other team from a few years ago. Why do you say that? Shane Larkin is the only player who. He's a marginal NBA player. I think Sheldon McClellan will be an, uh, an NBA player for sure. I think even Jakiri might be an NBA player. And we, we don't have – they didn't have any Jaquan Newtons on that other team or Davon Reeds. I well, you had Ryan Brown. You, you had Ryan Brown coming off the bench on that team. You had uh, Julian Gamble. Or Reggie Johnson, depending on who was playing and starting, right, coming off the Kaji. bench on that team. Kaji was a starter. Uh, you know, I think you'd have to say, you know, Kaji uh, was better than Kamari Murphy. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, Shane Larkin's an NBA guard. Um, I think you'd have to say Shane Larkin was better, even though Angel's a good player. I think you'd have to say that Shane Larkin was better than Angel. 
Um, Duran Scott, I think you're underappreciating him. I mean, um, did he have the the, the, the raw shooting ability uh, of Sheldon McClellan? No, but I think what he did have is more assertiveness, more more individual assertiveness that you would love to see Sheldon McClellan come up with here in the tournament. I mean, when you get into this tournament, you need your best player to to stand up and know that he's the best player and be willing to take over games when it's necessary. And we've never seen that from Sheldon McClellan. And if this team's going to advance to the Sweet 16 or possibly the Elite Eight, um, I think that that's the guy that they're going to need to step up and put up a 20-point game or two here in tournament time and and just accept the fact that he's the guy and he's got to go get it. Okay, let's move the football quickly here. Anything on J.C. Jackson? No. um, You know, it looks like he's, he's, you know, Miami's playing around um, with the idea, but you know, you're talking about a guy that got into legal trouble up in Gainesville now. I mean, you got to be careful, and uh, you know, I'm not really sure how serious they they are about it. Uh, you know, there there was a a, a, a phone call. There, there's been some check it out dialogue and a, a little flirtation from both sides, but um, nothing definitive has happened there to this point. Okay. Have you seen anything as far as the strength program pay any dividends? I saw Standish Snowball's picture. He looks like he's in much better shape than he was in the past. Have you seen anything like that from any other players? You know, what we've heard is that they're working extremely hard in there. And uh, we've tried to arrange for interviews with the strength coaches to this point. Mark Richt has not allowed them to talk to any media, uh, including us, and uh, is keeping those guys under wraps and just in the weight room and working with the kids. And, uh, you know, you've heard all the hype about mat drills and, and, and how hard they are and things like that. But, you know, every kid that we've spoken to since they started the strength and conditioning program under the new staff has had nothing but positive things to say um, about what's going on in the weight room and what they're doing. And uh, so I'm expecting to see a much uh, a, a stronger, more conditioned team when they come out for spring practice next week. And uh, we get our we get our first look at them in, in uniform since the end of last season. Now, you know, I don't think it'll be totally dramatic in a couple months. I think, you know, you, you're going to need the, the next few months leading into the summer uh, to continue on with what's been being done in the in the in the last month, but um, I mean everything that we've heard has been very favorable, as you would expect. I mean, you know, coaching changes are always positive, euphoric situations. Very rarely do does anybody say anything that's real negative uh, in, in these deals. Uh, but yes, it's it's been very positive, and 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 people feel very good about what's going on in the weight room and and the kids instead of revolting or resisting the hard work that they're being asked to do um they seem to be embracing it so that's a good sign okay one one last quick point i want to get your opinion on this do you think miami's better off taking a kid like this ventrell miller who wants to come and wait around for this a guy like Wilder from Carroll City who's going to play the drama game right down to the end. 
This kid Miller looks fantastic on film. He's from yeah, I, Lewis High School. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. And, I, I have I haven't evaluated them head to head at this point, Greg. I'm, you know, I, I think that that's obviously what the coaches are going to have to do, and and they're going to have to decide who the better players are, and 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 that's where it broke apart. Uh, under Al Golden and where they really failed was in the evaluation of, of recruits and not just looking at their talent as football players, uh, you know, and watching highlight tapes and stuff like that, but, you know, getting into the high schools, talking to people, finding out what these guys are like as human beings and just doing a, a little bit better job of screening than has been done in the past. And um, it's, it's still very early. You know, we're just sitting here in early March. We've got 11 months till the next signing day. Uh, plenty of time to, to do all that, and I, I wouldn't stress out right now over waiting for this kid or that kid because those situations can change uh, very, very quickly. Um, a perfect example uh, would be the receiver uh, who committed the other day um, you know, from, from Miami Southridge, uh, Rodney Scott, and a couple days before he committed, he had told us that he was going to wait a while to make his decision. And then a couple of days later, he changed his mind and, and you know, now he's committing and um and it was a totally different uh standpoint from him. So, you know, I wouldn't stress out too much right now about any of that. Uh I think that that you don't want to take too many commitments yet. I, I think you want the staff to put the ample time in and evaluating these kids, making sure they select the right guys at Miami, you're always going to have a chance to recruit very good players. And um, where Al Golden failed was at this point right now in the evaluation of those players and figuring out who the right guys were to recruit and, and, and then getting in on them and, and working those relationships and, and making sure that the guys you're picking are real dudes, you know, and you're not wasting scholarships. And that's where Mark Rick can take a major step forward with this program. And I wouldn't be in too big of a rush for them to take a commitment from anybody personally. All right. Thank you, Gary. Thanks for the information. Any time, Greg. Next thanks, week. Yep. Yep. Bye thanks now. for calling. The, thanks for calling the show. All right, the number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Again, please make sure you hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, like I said a few minutes ago, uh, I'm not seeing a lot of number ones that are hit. we got a lot of guys on lines, um, but I'm not seeing – I'm seeing an, uh, an unusual lack of number ones being hit so far tonight. Uh, so unless you want to – have me sitting here talking to myself in a few minutes. I suggest more guys step up and um, make contributions to the show. Uh, right now, let's go to the 305 where you're live on Kane Sport Live. What's happening, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Yeah, you're on. Hey, what's happening, Gary? Uh, JCAT2410. Hey, what's up, man? How you been? Oh, my God. It's springtime. It's yes, spring. Sir. Oh, my gosh. New beginnings. How are you? Uh, how was your? Uh, you seem like you've been off, like uh, uh, the previous caller said. Uh, how have you been? No, I have not really. I haven't taken any vacations. Been around, just working on some things, trying to figure out ways to make uh, make things better on the site in the big picture. I've got a lot of stuff going on there, and uh, you know, trying to work on some deals to help my Kane brothers maybe save some money in different places and things like that. And you know, just just you know, doing a lot of different things. There we go. Do we still have the same sponsors? Uh, well, we will, yeah. 
I think okay, FanDuel's cool, cool. coming in for the next few weeks. But um, but yeah, yeah, we do. Cool, awesome. So uh, the guy that called before, you know, he he calls on a regular basis, and you know, I give him you know all the respect in the world. He's he's always participating. You know, he made reference to uh, you know uh, you know maybe taking one guy versus waiting for an, uh, you know another guy to make up their mind. And but you know, I, I think simply that that you know that uh, you know we we fix that problem by winning games and, and being relevant again. You know, you know, we we need to somehow create a sense of urgency with our program and to you know recruits that are out there. You know, you know, to where you know that is, you know, that is not a program you can just simply wait to make a decision on, and uh, you know, so hopefully with this new, you know, uh, coaching staff and regime and you know uh, thought process with you know whatever they're going to do as far as practices and how they run them or whatever they're teaching, you know, as soon as we start winning games and can kind of you know flip it on them a little bit, you know, only at that point then I think you'll see recruits start, you know, maybe considering us quicker and not waiting, uh, you know, for you know something else. I don't know. Yeah, but like I said, I don't want to see a lot of early commitments. I really don't. I I, I, well, I want to see a, it, I want to see a better job done of evaluation than what's been being done in this program. It should it should definitely be a timing issue with with recruits, and I don't know how they do it. I don't. It just seems like you know. It, it seems like if you've got a scholarship, I guess you can just randomly commit, and it's on Twitter and it's wherever else, and people are now on the roster for you know that recruiting class. So. I don't really know, you know, what the protocol is, or I don't know if they've got to call the coaches first and say, "Hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and commit," you know, what, you know, and, and then they do it. I don't know. I, I, again, I, I think I think you're right. There should be, you know, decent evaluation. I don't know what that entails actually, but you know, there should be decent evaluation. And uh, you know, it, it, I, I think it's kind of bad that if you if, if maybe you offer a recruit, uh, you know, a scholarship, and then maybe somebody else better that fits better, you know, in the scheme or something, and, and you want to offer them, but you don't want to hurt feelings. Maybe, maybe it's a, you know, it's a fine line, you know, with that. I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, well, so. I mean, here, here in an ideal world, um, you know, here's how it works. You're, you're identifying kids a couple years early. Um, you know, it's, it's not something that you're doing, you know, at the last minute, and you know, you're identifying them even as sophomores, juniors. And you start to build a relationship to where you have interaction with that kid, you have interaction with their family, um, you you can talk to the coaches about the kid. And, and, I mean, I've seen coaches who are good at this go to the extent of, like, they'll even go into the high schools and they'll talk to the janitors and, and people like that about kids and, you know, wanting to know, you know, who treats the people working at the school with respect. They'll talk to guidance counselors. And if you really want to do a thorough job, you have to do all these things, in, in my opinion. And uh, the the thing that kills football programs is when you sign kids and they end up not contributing to your program. And you know how bad that was under Al Golden. I, I mean, it, it literally was at the point where they blew t- two recruiting classes worth of kids um, just on horrible horse manure evaluations that – you know, just crippled them on the roster because so many kids were leaving all the time. So, um, in an ideal world, that's what takes place, and then um, you extend a committable offer to the kid. And uh, when the kid decides to commit, he calls the coaches. Usually, the assistant coach that's recruiting him would get the first call, and um, you know, then they go to the head coach and 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 accept the commit or or you know in a, I guess in some cases they might not accept the commit but in most cases at that point there's a clear understanding that that kid has a commitment and they'll accept the commit and uh and that's how it goes from there but uh as you know 
when you're way ahead of signing day, commits aren't always commits, and kids decommit and things like that. So it's an ongoing process. Yeah, and then then you then you sit there and scratch your head because you make you make a point about Golden and all the recruits that left our program or had problems. But then you know, then you look at a guy like Brad Kaya, who they went went out and they took out from California, which obviously he's our you know he's the focal point of our of our team. And then you look at a guy like Sharif that they plucked out of the nor uh, the Northeast that wasn't really recruited, and everybody's ta- starting to say that this kid's pretty special. So you know, and then you got a guy like Najoku. He wasn't a heavily uh, maybe I'm sure he was recruited out of high school, but I don't think he was a big star kid. He wasn't a four or five star kid. I think he was a three star. It seems like they they had you know they, there was maybe five or six maybe eight guys that they hit on really nicely, but a majority of the guys that they that they had uh, in their radar just didn't pan out, man. It just it was catastrophic. It's it's uh you know it's uh it's a numbers game and and, and the majority of the numbers just uh, just faltered. Um, it's sad. Um, you know, so I I keep hearing people making reference to Kaya probably you know being the number one draft pick next year if he has a great year. Uh, but there's something about this kid that I, I don't see him maybe going down that road, even if he was. Uh, you know, he seems like he seems like the guy that would f- would fulfill his obligation with us. Uh, and if that was ever the case, I hope he would. I mean, that would say a lot about him. Um, if he if he is projected as a number one draft pick next year, in your gut, do you think he goes? Yeah, I do. But you know, here's what I'm gonna say. I I think people are way ahead of themselves on Brad Kaya, and I I love him. Great kid. I do too. He's been a total <laughs> pleasure to deal with. He, 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 you know, he came in. He was forced to play before he should have been. Uh, st- has always stood tough in there. They haven't ha- always had the best offensive line play in front of him. He never complained. Um, has just been a model guy on this team. Um, but he's he hasn't done anything yet. I mean, I, he has he hasn't beaten a, a quality opponent. To this point, he's never led the team back in the fourth quarter. Doesn't have a big road victory or anything like that. In terms of quarterback accomplishment, to me, and, and you know, I don't know if I'm a tough, uh, tough judge or what, but to me, Brad Kaya is a baby as, as a quarterback right now. I I agree with you, man. Not even a question. And yeah, I mean, it's you're right. I mean, he's he, he's been consistent, you know, for us, and he's played well and. I mean, he's played great actually in, 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 in most you know most of his situations. But I would say great. I don't know, I just... he, he's played he's he's played well a lot of times, but they have not won football games, and obviously it's not entirely his fault, no doubt about it. But why do the great quarter like do do you think are, are the New England Patriots always really the best team, or does Tom Brady always make sure that they get to that level? Why does Peyton Manning? You know, all of a sudden he, he leaves the Colts and goes to Denver. And why is Denver among the top teams in the NFL immediately? It's like quarterbacks uh, are, are a unique position where they can elevate the play of the entire football team. And um, that's what you have to hope that Brad Kaya can do here um, this season. And under the coaching of Mark Rick, that he can take the next level because um, – Obviously, there's a world of potential there. Um, I, I think there's a shortage of pro-style quarterbacks in college football. I think there's a great opportunity for Kaya to emerge and, and be, like what you said, a first-round draft pick, if not this year, certainly after his senior year. Um, but the I know the NFL scouts are very intrigued by him just because when you look around college football, uh, the way teams are running offenses and stuff now today, you just don't see a lot of classic pro-style quarterbacks out there, and Kaya's a 
you know, is that type of quarterback. So he's going to get a hard look all year from the pro scouts. They're going to be looking to see how he progresses under Mark Richt. And um, the way what he does, obviously, on Saturdays will determine whether they deem him ready to go pro now. But um, I know I would be very, very skittish about investing my tens of millions of dollars, or, or I guess I should say my owner's tens of millions of dollars, in a quarterback that's never won a football, uh, won a real football game, you know, never beaten a quality opponent, never led his team from behind in the fourth quarter. Um, quarterbacks that haven't done that yet are not fully developed quarterbacks. And uh, the good news is Brad Kaya, to me, has a lot of upside left. And where he's starting from right now as a base, as he walks on the practice field next week with Mark Rick, is a pretty darn good spot um, to begin with. And as good of a quarterback coach as I know Mark Richt is, I think he's got a chance to take Kaya to the next level. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, so last question. There was a thread in the war room about our bold predictions like two days ago. Everybody was posting our bold predictions. Uh, my question to you is, is, do you have any bold predictions for this upcoming year? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I mean, how can we have – seriously, come on. We're sitting here. I feel you. I feel you. you, gotta, you, you gotta, I, we haven't seen a Dude, you've got to have one bold prediction. Come on. We, you know, you got to have this. How about this? We're going to have shows for the next few weeks. Can we get through a few scrimmages at least? Um, okay. You know, let's, Not let's a problem. Get through, let's get through a couple scrimmages. Let's get even. Let's get through the spring game. We'll have a show after the spring game, and then let's talk about hey, what we thought we saw. A lot of you guys will be out there at the spring game and at that public scrimmage in Palm Beach, and then we can at least discuss prospects like that from a more educated um, point of view. I mean, right now it'd be stupid for me to say anything like that, you know. Not a problem. All right, well, thank you, man. Have a good night, and God bless you, brother. All right, Jake Catman. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the show. Uh, always appreciate your calls. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number, 646-595-2048. Um, let's go now to the 904. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Uh, let's go now to the 904. You with us? You there? Hello? Hello? Yeah, you got to listen on Hello? your phone, not your computer. Or else you'll be, right. you'll be on, uh, let me be on play. Hello, are you there? Yeah, we're here. Who's this? Can you hear me now? Yeah, but listen in your phone, not on your computer, because there'll be a few-second delay on the computer. All right, let me get off. I thought it was off already. <laughs> so who's this? Rick. What's up, Rick? What you got for us? Yeah, I live here in Jacksonville, and I had a question on um, basically both the basketball and the football team. Okay. So the basketball team first. Um, so with Newton coming back from the suspension, you think that um, you think Angel, like in the first game, is he going to basically play the whole game, or are they going to sub Newton a little bit more and no, just get more sub. people involved? They're going to sub. You know, I think it hurt Angel that he was playing the whole games, and I think you saw it against Virginia Tech. I think he was a tired player that day, and I think it, it, it contributed to bringing the whole team down. And, you know, let me tell you something. Jaquan Newton, I know he's a young guy and, and all, and but he should be ashamed of himself, okay? Seriously ashamed of himself. And I'm surprised that Coach Laranega didn't come down harder on him and actually let him sit on the bench and travel with the team and things like that. Because let me tell you something, for a kid, this team 
was competing to win the ACC, and they could have won the ACC. You know, they didn't know that Carolina was going to win at Duke, and had they beaten Virginia Tech, they would have been co-regular season champions with North Carolina. That is an unbelievable accomplishment for the Miami Hurricanes. And this kid went and got himself suspended with three games left in the season. And um, you know, I just think he should be. You know, he should be totally ashamed of himself. I hope he is. Uh, that's not a teammate. That's not. That's not how you function. Um, as a team player and, par- and part of a team that's trying to accomplish something as lofty as this team's trying to accomplish it. Now, all that said, Thursday night, it's back to normal. You know, Angel played too many minutes in all those games, and he wore down. And uh, I think Jaquan Newton's presence is very important and a very por- important element of this team, and I think you'll see them sharing minutes again. Yeah, I feel the same way, though. But, um uh, so I got one football question too. Well, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I know you, you can't you need, really man. get in. Hello. Whatever questions you have, just go ahead. That's what we're here for. All right. Yeah, I've been I've been a long time subscriber. So I, you know, I've been um, probably I think about ten years in the cane sport. You know, the war room. I post sometimes, but I had a question because I live here in Jacksonville, and I I went I live actually um, pretty close to Oakleaf High School. So I, I've seen – I've gone to a couple of the games. I mean, I have twin daughters, so but I still – and they go to a different school. But I've seen Shaq Quarterman and the cornerback that is also – I forgot his last name, but he's, uh, he's in the 2017 class from there. So, I, you know, I've seen, like, a lot of the talent in Jacksonville. And I also went to a few of Kendrick Norton's games, and I saw him play. So I'm glad that – I mean, I didn't like Al Golden, but I'm glad he made some inroads in Jacksonville. I'm thinking that – Rick, being from coaching at Florida State and being the head coach at Georgia, that he keeps Northeast Florida as like a at least I know South Florida has to be number one, but at least as a, like a major hub here, like at least getting like a couple of guys a year from here, that uh, four stars and stuff like that. So, you think that's going to happen? Or? Yeah, I think, and and you know, I I think this recruiting class is going to ch- change a lot. You you saw the decommitment. Uh, that came in today, and uh, you know, I, I think as they get into recruiting, that a lot of the names that you see on the board are are, are, are going to change a little bit. Right, right now, you're seeing a lot of a lot of three-star players on that commitment list when you when you go down it. Um, although I do believe, like Robert Burns, the running back from Miami Gulliver, I think he's a little bit underrated at three-star. Um, John Ford the defensive end for Fort Lauderdale. Um, he could be a four-star possibly before. No, I like that. that guy. I think that guy's a beast. That guy Ford. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah he could he could jump up here uh, be, before the year is done and, uh, you know, maybe some of these other guys. But, you know, you saw Kamori Gamble uh, drop out today. Um, he was a three-star kid. And uh, there's, there's some other kids on there that I think will be evaluated as the year goes on. And I think you'll see the list you know, change quite a bit, you know, in all honesty. And some of those early commitments that came in from in the Al Golden era, um, just like you saw in this recruiting class, might fall by the wayside. But, uh, you know, we'll see see how it goes. Uh, I also, well, I have, let me, one more question here. Um, I know that you, yeah, you can't give out a lot of information, especially when it comes to, you know, injuries and academics. But I'm going to the Bureau Beach game in Palm Beach. I mean, uh, I think it's a scrimmage April 9th in Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. I'm driving down, and I was wondering, um, have you heard anything about, like, Gus Edwards and Owens and 
Cortell Jenkins, are they are they going to be playing this spring? Or is... We we should find out stuff on those guys this this week. Um, you know, we we have not heard definitively as of yet who who's going to miss spring practice. Uh, I would be surprised if Gus Edwards did a lot in spring practice. To be honest with you, I don't know that he's that far along in in his rehab, and um, so I'd be pretty surprised there. Cortell Jenkins, we'll 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 see. Um, the guy that I don't think is going to do a lot this spring is Zach McLeod, the freshman linebacker. I, I know he's still um, recovering from some uh, shoulder issues that he had in high school, and I'll be surprised if he does a ton. In spring drills, they may have him out there on the field learning and stuff, but I don't think he'll do a lot of contact. Um, those other guys we should find out here in the next week or so. Oh, yeah, I forgot about, yeah, Sonny. Well, I don't think, because I heard Sonny's he's doing pretty good from his injury. Though. Yeah, Somebody. yeah. I, you know, now, whether the trainers clear him for contact, you know, like I said, we don't know yet. All right, that's basically it. All I got to say is please beat Florida State this year or Notre Dame. We got to get a big victory. That's basically it. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> you right. think the program could use but, one of those? You, you're not lying. The, the program could definitely no, use one we of need, those. No, we have to get – I mean, even if we go 9-3 and three and beat either – because, yeah, I, you know, beating North Carolina is great, but beating either Florida State or Notre Dame and having a good season, like going 9-3 and three or 10-2, and two, that would be ideal for the whole program right now. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, man. Thanks for having me. You got it. Thank, thank you for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number, 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? All right, let's go to the 786. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. You there? Going once, going twice. All right. I'm sorry if I just uh, whacked you. Just uh, give us a quick call back. All right. Again, the number is 646-595-2048. If you're on the line and you want to participate in the show, uh, we need you to hit the number one on your keypad. Um, Like I said, not seeing a ton of guys in the queue that have hit the number one to this point. So uh, a lot of you are on the line. So if you want to come on the show, hit the number one. On your keypad. Let's go out now to the 757, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Little night, buddy. For real. Who's this? It's, come on, man. Kane, Kane. I ain't called to talk no uh, football <laughs> or basketball because my boys out at the Hoyas Cops this year. Baseball. How you been, Kane, Kane? I'm, I'm doing fine, man. I, I, are you ready for the spring? I'm just waiting for the 15. I ain't got nothing to say about football for the first day. 9 a.m. when you give all these great reports of how everybody gained 75 pounds of muscle and they're blowing people off the line. That's what I'm waiting to hear. Yeah, we're like caged lions over here, King Kane. I mean, you know, to we've had to go a month here without talking to anybody. Mark Ricks had the whole program under wraps, and uh, it's been kind of brutal for us. I mean, you know, we obviously yeah, I know it is. Can you, can you live, y'all live there? Uh, I can imagine how tough it is. Can you imagine I'm that? outside and living in the beach. But uh, let me ask about baseball. Why isn't it isn't more like I try to go up there and see the schedule? How can I find out when the schedule and who they playing? They don't do enough for baseball. I like the baseball team. Yeah, I'm you know what? That. Um, you're absolutely right. We need we need to get that improved, and uh, we 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 want to. It's it's just you know they they redid the website 
and the engineers are, are are working on different things at 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 a, at a rate as fast as they can, and uh, we'll, we'll get true. those things added to the site. It's it's just uh, it's just taking a little bit longer than what okay. we would like, and I okay, and I apologize for that. Oh, no problem, but you know, we're it, you know. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, we, we have stories on every game. Um, yeah, we yeah have I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I week, saw that. Yeah, yeah every I week we have every, features. Every, yep. <laughs> yeah, we have features and things yeah. like that. We're covering it just like we always have. What we're missing is that one page that brings it all together. Yeah, that's the only thing. That other than that, yeah, I get the clips and, you know, I watch the game when they play Florida on Sunday on ESPN 3. wasn't too pretty, but... Hey, it is what it is. I don't know what it is about Florida. They got a hold on them teams in baseball. We beat them on Saturday, but didn't beat them Friday. They beat the brakes off of them on that Sunday. But other than that, man, ain't too much going on. Waiting for the spring. Weather getting ready to change. Daylight saving time. I ain't got much to talk about. And it's got to be big because I just called. And I heard you say the board not really lighting up tonight. I guess everybody waiting for football. And hopefully your basketball team do good, you know. Yeah, you got to understand. I'm used to seeing you know 50 guys hitting that number one. So you know, <laughs> so I'm like, well, you know, what are we, what's everybody doing sleeping tonight? I mean, we've got a bunch of callers on, but nobody's nobody's hitting number one. But we got a few Nobody now, so, so it's picking up well, a little hopefully bit here. Well, get better for you. And um, 15th is right around the corner, so they don't need to sweat the technique. Enjoy. Hope your Kings do good because on the road they haven't been that good in basketball on the road, but. Other than that, it don't matter, man. You have a great day, and I'll talk with you again. And let's get ready for the 15th. Take care, buddy. All right, Ken Kane, thanks for calling in. And uh, the one good thing we could say is they're not on the road anymore. Now every game they play is pretty much neutral site. Uh, even though Virginia and Virginia Tech, that's a little bit of a tough draw since Washington, D.C. is so close to those campuses. i got to believe a lot of their fans um, will attend the games. Um, but... Um, all that said, you know, games now are on a neutral court, and that could only be good for the Miami Hurricanes, who have struggled on the road. All right, 646-595-2048. Hit number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 812. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's up? This is Austin. How are you doing this evening? Doing good, doing good. How are you doing, Austin? Uh, doing all right. Um, I didn't get to catch the first 10 minutes of the show, so I hope this wasn't asked. But, uh, you know, I kind of had uh, a question kind of uh, about your thoughts. Um, you know, uh, the impact that, uh, the to me, it seems like the impact of uh, the Rick Tire and even specifically, you know, uh, even more than Mike Rump Tire, um, I guess hasn't had the uh, effect on uh, maybe drawing in some of the bigger name recruits or generating more interest, you know, what are your thoughts kind of, uh, did you expect to see uh, uh, more interest and, in, you know, even closing out the last uh, recruiting class, you know, more success with some of the bigger names? Well, yeah, I did. And I don't know if it was fair, you know, they only had three weeks to recruit. I, I did expect a more immediate impact than what we saw, um, but I'm certainly not ready, ready to sit here and say that the Mark Rick era is going to be a failure in that in that regard. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, it has created a lot of excitement. I, I think they've sold somewhere in the neighborhood of 5,000 uh, new tickets since Mark Rick was hired, or at least had 5,000 combination of new ticket holders and old ticket holders coming back that have um, repurchased. 
uh, here in, in, in the time that Mark Rick's been the head coach. And I think that there's a lot of excitement and anticipation going into spring practice. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll get a lot done this spring and that when they come out for the scrimmage in Palm Beach and for the spring game that they'll put on a good show for people. And then that excitement will continue itself through the summertime. Yeah, I guess more or less what I'm saying is, you know, uh, uh, when they had the uh, rivals camp there at Miami, and it seemed like every kid that was, you know, interviewed there, uh, there didn't seem to be uh, Miami didn't seem to be uh, high on a lot of their radars. Well, and, the, the relationships uh, aren't there yet. You know, think about it. I mean, this coaching staff just came in. You know, they haven't established those type of bonds yet with those kids, and it takes time. And uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's it's not there yet. And uh, a lot of work needs to be done here in the spring. They're, they're going to have to try to get those kids to come out for practices here during spring drills. Um, I'm sure they'll have more junior days. They'll have the camps in uh, in the summertime to bond even further. Uh, they'll have rec- the spring recruiting period when they can go out in the spring out to the schools. Um, so there'll be more chances to start building relationships with these kids. But you're absolutely right. It's not there yet, and that's understandable because of how new everything is. Well, do you find it concerning that, uh, you know, no, none of the American Heritage players are, uh, you, you know, Mike Rump's guys, uh, kids that he coached or even seem to have much interest in Miami at this point? Or, again, do you think it's just because of the new coaching staff? Um. I think it's too early to be concerned about anything. I, you know, I mean, I was surprised in the last cycle that none of those kids at Heritage visited. Um, I thought Nick Eubanks was one that they might get into this recruiting class. But uh, I, I, it's way too early to say that you're concerned about anything, I think. Gotcha. Uh, so, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully the basketball team does well in the tournament. And, you know, hopefully uh, uh, the Hurricanes uh look like a, a new team here in the spring football wise anyway great show gary thanks for doing it on a, a tuesday night here in uh in, in limbo land and uh go canes no sweat man thanks for calling in and being a part of it all right six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight remember hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show and um right now let's go out to the 786, you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how you doing? This is James in Miami. What's up, James? How you doing tonight? I'm all right. Um, not really into talking about sports because, you know, nothing really happened, like you said, but um, first time I've seen you on the radio for a while. But um, I do have one, um, like, I guess, opinion on a question about Kaya. Um, Good. One thing I didn't I expected to see from him last year that I didn't see at all last year was any kind of like you know fire or confidence. You know what I mean? I thought he would have come out and have control of the offense and you know firing guys up. And I don't see that. And I hope that this year that we see that. I think if he, if we see that this year, he's going to go to the pros. But if not, he has some a lot of work to do, like you said. You know. Yeah, well, yeah, I think you're looking for it all. I mean, you're talking now about a third-year player. He's going to be a junior. Uh, he's going to be coached by a guy that's got a reputation for being great with quarterbacks. And I, I think you're looking for every last bit of it from Brad Kaya this year. Yeah, man, just that fire. That what you. I mean, I know he's not Tom Brady, but, like, even Dak Prescott at um, 
Texas A&M or wherever he was last year. When he came out on the field, you thought they were winning every game, you know? And yep. I don't see that in Kaya when he comes steps to the field. I'm like, okay, <laughs> he may run into some problems and get flooded, uh, you know? So it's like, hopefully we see these things, and um, I can't wait for spring football and so forth, you know? And great. Yeah, job, we haven't man. seen Thanks it. We haven't seen it yet, and I love Brad Kaya, and I'm a big Brad Kaya fan. But I'm looking for more from him this year. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I was looking for more from him last year, and you know, find a way to win that Florida State game. And and if your offensive line is breaking down, and and those defensive linemen are getting in your passing lanes, slide in the pocket and make sure you have a passing lane, and make sure that those key passes aren't getting batted down. It's the little things that make the difference between the quarterbacks that win the big games and the ones that don't. And I think this year you got to expect it all from Brad Kaya. Yeah, and and do one of those things that breaks a defensive um, heart in one game, you know, where you do it and they're like, wow, this guy is really good, (laughs) you know, but never seen that yet. Yep, I agree. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks for um, coming back on and look forward to hearing the show again next week. No sweat, no sweat. All right, well, we have an open board right now, so I'm going to go back to some of those other topics that people submitted before the show. In the meantime, if you do want to participate tonight, it's 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. If you want to be part of the show, now is the time to step forward because when we reach the point where we have taken care of everybody that does, um, that will be the end for this evening. Um, so with, we might just have a little bit of an abbreviated show tonight. We're kind of like in an off week here with football not starting for another week. At least you know next week when we when we do the show, we'll have more to talk about. We'll have been out at spring practice for the for the first time. But um, a question that came in from what we've seen of Lawrence Cager: Can he be a number two receiver on this team, or will Njoku spend fifty percent of his time split out? Um, or will one of the incoming freshmen take that number two position? Um, no, I, I, I think that you have to hope that Lawrence Cager does step up and and be that number two guy. I, I don't think there's any question about it. Uh, you know, you you want that to be the case. Uh, he's got a lot of ability. He, he showed flashes of some real quality play um, last year. As a true freshman, he's a tall, lanky kid. He can go up and get the football. And um, so I know I'm looking for Lawrence Cager to possibly be the number two receiver on this team. I, you know, I, I can't think of a, of a better candidate to step up and, and, and take um, that next step in his career. I mean, when you look at the other guys, Sorry, guys, we had a little technical snafu there, but I was talking about Lawrence Cager as the number two receiver. Um, You know, I don't think that there's anybody that's better equipped than him to to be that guy. I mean, I'm not sure where I cut off, but I was talking about Braxton Berrios and Malcolm Lewis as other veteran receivers on the team. I don't think that they're equipped really to be the number two guy. I think, um, you know, Daryl Langham, a redshirt sophomore has not shown that type of ability. So I think it has to be Cager and, and it better be Cager. And um, there's a reason why you see the coaches right now recruiting so many receivers that that position has been very badly depleted. Now, if you want to talk about, um, you know, bringing in the possibility of some of the freshmen that were signed this past year, I mean, obviously you're looking for Sam Bruce to play right away. (laughs) 
you know, I, I think without question, um, I think you're looking for Deontay Mullins to play right away. And the kid I really like is Amon Richards. I think you'll see him play right away. But to expect a true freshman to come in and be the number two receiver, um, I'm not sure that's reality. I think you got to hope that it is Lawrence Cager. Okay, um, another question that came in um, dealt with the mat drills. And, so, so, you know, guys have been watching the YouTube videos and seeing that they're very tough workouts. And <clears throat> and it, it's really intended to build up the mental strength, strength of the team. And the question that came in dealt with the fact that will those mat drills help the team finish games and play better in the fourth quarters? And will it bring them back to peak efficiency? And obviously that's the intent of those drills. You know, they're, they're hoping that they do build uh, that type of, of mindset in the football players. Um, but really it's, it's just a little bit too soon for us to make definitive uh, predictions in that regard. All right, I want to get back to your to your phone calls now, and um, let's go out now to the three one zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, Rashus Kane. What's up, Rashus? How you doing this week? Uh, good, and you, sir. I just had a couple questions for you. Uh, you kind of hit up something about the wide receivers. Do you know how good the JUCO receiver who um, signed a few weeks ago? It's like Dayall, something like that. I thought his name was. He's like from Mississippi or. I, I liked his tape. You know, I, I thought his tape looked pretty darn good. Um, you know, but, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see when he gets here. But uh, you're talking about Dale Harris, who's from Jacksonville. Dale Harris, that's it. Yep. And, um, you know, if you watch his highlight tape, he looks great. You know, and he's, he's a physical receiver. And, you know, they did, they're not bringing him in thinking that he can't make a contribution. So we'll just have to see how he shows up. Right, because he could be a maybe perhaps number three option for Kaya during the season, along with Cager, as you mentioned, as a number two. Yeah, but I, you know, I really do. I, I think Cager, you know, ha- has to be one of those guys that you look at to step up here this year. Oh, I agree. He's much needed. Although it does help having uh, Majoku and Herndon and and Dobart out there too in different sets. Especially the, by the way, I think it'd be good if they run some double tight end sets this year to really utilize the talent at the tight end position. I think you'll see it. I mean, I think Mark Rick's going to love Herndon and Njoku. So I think you might see both those guys on the field and a, a lot this year. Uh, that would be a great Yeah. And why did Jerome Washington leave? Did he really leave because he just didn't want to play football anymore, or was there something more to it? You know, he wasn't really getting anywhere real quick. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, we, we didn't really talk to him, so I can't tell you definitively. But that's, you know, that's kind of what he said. I don't know if he'll end up transferring somewhere or you know, but it just never really worked out for him. Yeah, that's sad. And and he wasn't yeah. gonna he, he wasn't gonna overtake Najoku and Herndon this year. Right. And you still have sure. and, you, and you still have Stan Dobart on the team. So I mean you were looking at him being the fourth you know, the, the fourth guy yet again, you know, and um when you're sitting there having to do those mat drills every day and <laughs> you, you know, and you and you and you don't have a lot of hope of playing, uh, you know, some kids don't have the mental strength to get through that. That's true. Some can't handle it. And by the way, since, since I'm from the California, I'm from out in the California area. You notice we know we have Kai and Bar Milo, who um, they smartly brought to the team. I'm hoping that Bar Milo can take that left tackle position because I know that that's a, that's a that they really need to shore up this year 
has to be him or maybe Tyree St. Louis. But also, do you think that uh, they'll continue to recruit out here in California? I think I think it's good to always maintain a pipeline out here throughout the history of, of the Hurricanes. You've always had some good talent from California, so I think it's always good to try to get at least two recruits from out here to Miami. Uh, hard to say. I think Mark Richt is really focused on doing most of his recruiting in Florida. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, but I, I do think if, if there's a guy that is interested in Miami that, you know, particularly a quarterback – Along the way, you know, why wouldn't they go out there and, and, and take a look at that? I mean, there's there's no reason not to. Miami's had a lot of success uh, re- recruiting in California. But getting back to what you just said about the old line, I, I think it's very important that one of those guys steps up and, and shows that he could be the left tackle. I don't like Trevor Darling out there. I would like no, to no, be Trevor No, no, he should be a left guard. He should be a left guard. Trevor, Trevor Darling Correct. should be a left guard, in my opinion. Correct. I totally agree with you. And, um, you know, I think that that's an important thing that has to happen here in spring. I think, uh, you know, Tyree St. St. Louis and uh, and Bar Milo are two guys that have the body uh, to maybe do it. And um, I think one of the priorities for Stacey Searles has to be in spring ball to uh, develop one of those guys and, and get them ready to, 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 to play that position. Exactly. And it's even possible you could have a Baku at, um, at right guard or right tackle. You know, you want to get that show up as well, but that left tackle, of course, is the most important in order for Kai to have success. Yep. Oh, one last thing about the fullback. Uh, there's also a fullback we, um, I guess, we signed. Uh, it was a, uh, I don't know, it was a JUCO fullback, I believe they signed. Do you believe he will be very helpful along with Gage Batten to establish, you know, a, uh, you know, a running game, especially when we're not running shotgun because we played way too much shotgun last year. So I hope we could be under center more often, and hopefully that fullback or those two fullbacks will be very helpful. Yeah, you know, I, I think Mark Rick is going to have a hard time using a fullback this year. I really do. I I know he likes to do it, but but I don't. I just personally uh, don't feel like they have that guy. I think you know maybe they look at the at Herndon and Njoku, um in in that role from time to time. Uh, wouldn't surprise me in the least. Uh, but the uh, Gus Edwards. At a certain position, maybe you had Gus Edwards and uh, Walton or you're being the yeah, back yeah, at the same maybe, time. That could maybe, work maybe, too. Yeah, yeah, maybe they do a little bit of that. But uh, until they can recruit a true fullback, I have a hard time picturing the fullback being a big part of the offense. So Walter Tucker leaving, that kind of hurt them in that respect. Yeah, but it, it had to happen. You know, I mean, the one thing that Mark Rick has shown us is that he's willing to make the tough decisions and he's, he's uh, weeded out. The bad apples are the guys that have been problematic on the roster, and they've got a pretty solid roster now. So uh, it'll have. And a I, hole. Agree, I agree. It has some holes, but you know I don't think that they have a lot of problems right now on the roster. No, I agree with you. The thing I really liked was re- was the recruiting class wasn't a big recruiting class. It was just like you know seventeen guys or so quality people. In other words, they all at some point are going to contribute within the next one to three years. So you're not just taking guys like you always talk about all the time who are just going to sit there or maybe a risk and you're wasting the scholarship. So it's better to go with a small quality class than trying to go for a big class just so you could be ranked number eight or something like that in the recruiting rankings. You know, that's just silly. It's better just to get the people you know are going to contribute and that's too deep. Yep. All right, you got anything else but, tonight? Uh, That's it, sir. Thank you for everything, and uh, we'll call back in next week. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048.
2048. Let's go out to the 706 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on? This is Sebastian. Hey, what's up, Sebastian? How you been? I'm doing pretty good, man. I didn't know you had a show on tonight. I just went to Rivals and saw you had a show on tonight, so I didn't think I was going to get in. But Yeah, we're going, I, I think, so four, I missed... four or five weeks in a row now here during spring ball. <laughs> so I missed a lot of the show. So some of the questions I asked you, forgive me if you've already answered them. No problem. Because um, I just caught on it. So anything on J.C. Jackson? Is that is that is that a closed door? Yeah, I was I was asked that earlier. It, it it has not reached the conclusion to this point. Um, I I personally was kind of surprised they were even talking to him. I mean, I know they need cornerbacks, but you know, to me, it's kind of hard when a uh, you know a guy has the problems that he had up at Florida, and you know, I don't know. I don't know if that'll come to fruition. He's he's talking to some other schools also. I think South Carolina's in the mix there as well, and. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting. I don't know. I, you know, I haven't, we haven't had a chance to ask Mark Rick, or you know, about that one. So, um, okay. I'm, I'm not sure I mean, how if, if, there. If it if it happens, it'd be great. I mean, I, I mean, who wouldn't? I mean, our team could use a four-star cornerback with some experience. Yeah, if you know, he's going to come in right the right thing to not get into more trouble. You know, yeah, un- unfortunately, a lot of these kids, Sebastian. You know, when they're the kids that get in trouble, they they tend to not change their stripes. You know, unfortunately, you know, I mean, you know, if he's going to come in and he learned his lesson, and he's going to grow up and not get in trouble uh, and he's going to be a positive contributor to the football team, then great, you know. Yeah, but but the other thing, too, is you need strong leadership on the team as well, too. You need the other players to be like, you know, we're not, you know, well, you supply at another school, it's not going to fly here. So, um, so I don't know. You know, if it happens, it'd be good. You know, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be nice. The other question I had for you is, um, you know, I know we got the one grad transfer from Texas that's going to play safety for us. Um, are, are there any other grad transfers that are out there? Or are any other grad transfers as positions that we need? Like if we took a grad transfer, like what position would that person kind of play that we need help in those areas? Uh, I'm not sure if they're looking for more or not. I mean, you know, obviously they could use some more defensive backs. I don't think there's any question about that. And they probably could use a, a, a veteran receiver if there was one out there. But, uh, you know, it's getting kind of late in the game right yeah. now. I, I don't know that they'll bring anybody else in. Yeah, that's that's what I was kind of thinking about. Um, the other question I have for you is, you know, just on the offensive line, I mean, I know you spoke a little bit about it. I caught the tail end of it in regards to Bar Milo and Tyler St. Louis. I mean, I mean, how do we look in that area? That, that that's probably my biggest concern. I mean, I know we have shortcomings on the defensive line. I think we'll be a little bit better at the linebacker position. We don't have as much depth in the secondary, but on the offensive side, I'm just worried about the offensive line. What can you tell me about that to ease well, my comfort I, or just add to my anxiety? No, I I think you have every reason to be anxious about it. You know, I I mean, it was bad last year. Let's be honest. I mean, the offensive line was not good, and they we needed to be better. No, I mean, I I was shocked. You know, I mean, I I thought that Mark Rick would look at that offensive line and say, "Oh my God," and just say, "I got to find a couple dudes here." But uh, you know, their development, those the development of those young guys is going to be one of the keys to spring ball. There's, I don't think there's any question about it. You know, um, you know, St. Louis, Milo, I mean, I think one of those guys has to emerge and be the starter at left tackle 
uh, for this team yeah. as a whole to get better. So I think I think about that, and I think about what's his name, Gautier, um, the other guy from Pennsylvania. That guy, I mean, I don't hear anything about him as far as their development, how they're kind of coming along. Um, what is it, losses or I can't. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about, Gary. Um, I think he's I think he's around the Tallahassee area. I think he he came from, but I don't hear anything about him. I hear about St. Louis. I hear about Bar Milo, but we recruited some other guys. We got that offensive. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a whole there's a whole lineup of them. I mean, uh, you know, uh, let, let, let's just go down the offensive line for this position, uh, guy by guy. I mean, you know about Casey McDermott, uh, right? Oh, he's obviously a guy that you got to hope. Uh, will play. A, a, you, you'd like to think he'll start this year at right tackle, um, and certainly play quite a bit. Um, you got Hunter Knighton, who's a backup center. Um, Hayden Mahoney is a freshman that you yeah. don't really know. That's who I think you were talking about a minute ago. You don't really right. know, you know, what you have there. Uh, hasn't done much. You know, hasn't been a lot said about him. Uh, so he's the guy that you'll have to look at real hard this spring. Uh, Danny Isadora, obviously you're looking for him to be the starter at right guard, has played a lot yep. of football, needs to be the anchor of the O-line. Um, Sonny Adagwu, uh, a guy that you know has been okay at times, not okay at other times. Uh, I, I, you know, I personally think you know he'll be, you know, you got to hope that McDermott establishes himself as being significantly better. Than Sonny Adagwu. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody wants to see Alex Gall on the football field again after the season he no. had last year. But no. you know he's got he's got one more year left. We'll see how that goes. Um, Nick Linder is obviously a fixture at center, and that should continue to be the case. Um, Tyler Grimsley is another one of those young kids that very borderline whether he even should have been recruited. Uh, yeah, you'll have to see. Him off in the Probably not. You know, I'm not expecting a lot there. Uh, we talked about Trevor Darling. He needs to be the left guard. Uh, I, I think we're in agreement on that. Um, and then you got a couple other, you know, young guys, um, Tyler Gauthier um, and Brendan Loftus, who yeah. we don't really know, don't really know what's there. You know, Gauthier is a, a strong kid that you know was expected uh, to compete at guard, uh, but didn't really do get a whole lot done last year as a freshman. So we'll see. You know, but they did burn his red shirt. Uh, I don't know why, but they did. Why? 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 Because, you know? because it was it was stupidity. Yeah, he never should have burned his red shirt. So now he's a sophomore, but you know we'll see what he brings to the table. I don't think it's anything uh, to panic about or have a heart attack or anything. And I don't I don't think right. that you know this is a you know necessarily a future All American or anything. But uh, should be a kid that contributes and 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 becomes a a productive member of the team. Uh, and this spring will be big for him. Now, a guy that I haven't mentioned yet that I think that we need to keep an eye on this spring would be Jahair Jones. And um, he came in, uh, he redshirted last year, was not ready to compete last year, but he's a big kid. He's 6'4", 320, um, a a Juco transfer from Asa College in New York. And um, he's a guy that is worth watching this spring to see if he develops, because if he does, you know, maybe he could get into the mix also with that left tackle spot. So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. There are a lot of bodies on the new line, but not a lot of established bodies. I don't know why I think of him as a guard more than a tackle. Uh, no, I don't know. think he's a guard. I don't think he'll be a guard. I mean, I, I mean, I could be wrong. Anybody could be anything. you got a new coach coming in and all that. But um, I look at him as a tackle. 
Okay. Okay. I just saw got I just remember him getting blown up by Muhammad and I was just like, Oh no. Um I I, I couldn't handle that. I mean we're gonna get tired killed. You know, to do that. <laughs> but I but I but, I, but I, I'll let you go after this, but I wanna just talk about a couple of positives because you answered a lot of my questions. You know, I think for, at the quarterback position, we've got to really, really kind of be content and kind of smile. I think we got some depth. we got some talent. we got some players that we can develop. So I think that looks good. I think the four wide receivers that we recruited this year, if they all get into school, I think they're going to be able to contribute, and I think that's something to be able to build on. I don't think they're going to be game changers, but you got something in the stable. you got some talent. You know, there's upgrading talent there. So I feel good. I feel good about the tight end position. I feel good about the running back position. If Gus, unless, as long as Gus Edwards doesn't gain too much weight, I think we got like a power back. We got a change of pace back. We got a back that can catch the ball out the backfield. So, you know, on the offensive end, you got to be pretty pleased about that. On the defensive side of the ball, I think we got some playmakers in the secondary. I just don't think we have a lot of depth there. So I'm concerned about that. And in the linebacker position, you know, I'm really excited about the three kids that we brought in. Um, I don't know if all three of them will play this year, but I know at least two of them will. And um, I'm kind of pleased in that aspect. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think it may be somewhat status quo. However, you know, we, we there's some players out there in the state of Florida, in South Florida, that we could potentially recruit and get them to kind of come to Miami. So if you could just comment on just what I've kind of shared with you, kind of what I'm looking at. And hopefully I see some improvement during the spring. Yeah, I didn't hear you say anything I don't agree with. Uh, you know, I, I think all three of those young linebackers are going to play this year. I, I, I think they need the depth. They need the quality. And I, like you, really liked that aspect of the recruiting class. So I, I, I think they'll all play. Um, you might be a little bit more optimistic about the secondary than I am. I'm a little concerned about the secondary oh. right, right now. Oh, but, but uh, you know, we'll see how that comes together. But, uh, you know, I pretty much agreed with everything you said. Yeah, I, well, except the part where you say you're still kind of worried about the secondary. I think if we got J.C. Jackson, that would be huge. I'm not well, we saying don't know, it's like we're going to win a national championship. Even but, if they get him, I mean, we don't know how good he really is. you got to see, you know. Yeah. Just because he, he was a four-star doesn't mean that he's going to translate. Yeah, Tracy Howard was a five-star, so you know what right. he is. I, I guess the last question I have for you is, with all things being equal, we get all our players in. I mean, can we be an eight, nine-win ball club? I mean, is, is that unrealistic? Yeah, we were talking ten earlier in the show. Um, you know, we were talking ten earlier in the show. I I mean, I think there's a lot of quality there. It's just going to depend how it comes together. You know, I, I think that they have a lot to work with on offense. Maybe not as deep at receiver as they'd like to be. Uh, but I think those freshmen coming in can help a little bit there. I think they can lean on Njoku and Herndon a lot this year and, and find ways to utilize them. And, you know, Mark Rick should be pretty good at that. Um, utilize the running game. So, I, you know, I think you've got things to work with on offense. And uh, defensively, you've got guys like Quan Muhammad and Chad Thomas that haven't really emerged on the national stage yet that in Manny Diaz's defense could turn out to be really good players. So I think so, too. I think so, too. And I'll tell you, you know, Gary, if Mark Rick comes in here and he gives us nine, if he gives us nine, ten wins, you know, that can really change the landscape for the state of Florida. No doubt. You know, I mean, really, I mean, your first year, you give us nine, ten wins. I mean, there's some kids that are like, like I look at that Judy kid that, you know, Gene Judy or something like that. I mean, right, you Jerry get a couple did. of those kids, you know what I'm talking about, right? You get a couple of those kids to stay home, 
man, you 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 can see. I mean, when he got to Georgia, I mean, it didn't take him long for them to get Georgia, you know, on the map. So you know, one good year, real early, send the side. Hey, man, I appreciate the show, man. Keep me on hold. Like I said, forgive me. I didn't know you had a show going on tonight. We'll be on the next four or five weeks all through spring practice. Okay. But it you seems like we're kind of in, in line with everything. Thanks, G. Thank you. Thanks. Just keep me on hold, man. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of it. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 917. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's up? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? How you doing this evening? What's going on, Gary? Long time no speak, bro. Yeah, yeah, too long. What's going on? What you got? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was just listening to a lot of the callers. Um, you know, like about the wide receiver position. I'm I'm kind of not that worried about the wide receiver position because if if we could get uh, A.C. Coley back to form, you know, back, you know, a little uh, at a level, a little bit higher than what he did his freshman year where he had that really good breakout year and he just kind of leveled off since then. But, you know, I think we should be all right because we have good slot receivers, Barrios. Uh, maybe Malcolm Lewis could finally step up. Great wide receivers that could step in. I mean, I'm mean, great tight ends. You know, like Najoku and Herndon, they're kind of flexed. They could either play slot or tight end or H-back. But I'm really high on Amon Richards, though. He reminds me of Stacey Coley a lot. Yep. And and he's a great you kid. Know, he's a, great, you know, a very he's high character kid. kid. Yep. Yeah, see, you know, if he comes in, really puts in the work, I I think we could have another Stacey Coley in our hands. And like you were saying, if Cager does what he's supposed to do, I think we're fine. Yeah, and you got to hope Sam Bruce can contribute next year. Oh yeah, yeah. um, a little bit. I think Sam Bruce could contribute on some level. Maybe kick off punt returns. Maybe give give uh, Corn Elder maybe a break. You know, Elder, he's not going to play cornerback. So, you know, I, I mean, I could. No, 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 no. Um, Cornetta was returning punts for a little while, wasn't he last year? Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Yep. You, you talking about? As a yeah, you know, you could give Corn okay. a little break. You know, returning the punts. Sam Bruce could probably take care of that. He's in this. Yeah, I don't you know, want he's to a see little guy. I know Cornelder did a good job, but you know, he's too valuable at, at corner, man. I you got to find somebody else to return punts. That's what I'm saying. Maybe um, you know, if we get if we get Sam Bruce to step in, I think we'll be great. Yeah, I agree. You know, Sam Bruce steps in, returning punts, and you know, like, and even getting Stacy Coley out of returning kicks, maybe every once in a while. But you know, he did it. He did it a lot last year. So this year, we're we're really dependent on him to stay healthy and be on the field. I think even Stacy Coley returning kick, kicks, um, kicks might be a little sketchy. I I agree. Uh, that's who I'd put back there. I I wouldn't be messing with Cornelder returning kicks. You just don't have any. No, don't he's have too any on the defense. Well, there's no depth at cornerback. Yeah. Yeah, he's too valuable. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But listen, Gary, um, I kind of came on late, so I'm not sure if this was asked. Um, two things: Are you kind of surprised that uh, um, uh, Swayze didn't get picked up somewhere? Um, I'm neither surprised or not surprised. I mean, I, he's he's got a deep resume. He'll land somewhere. Um, I think he'd be perfect for the National Football League, as, as, you know, on, as part of a, a conditioning staff. You know, kind of the right. role he takes former players and stuff. Uh, I I just think it was a little late in the game, and he probably just didn't find the right thing. But he'll land somewhere eventually. 
Okay, okay, okay. The okay. one that I'm worried just, about is Art, is Art Kehoe. You know, I, I hope Art finds a job. I, I think he'll land somewhere. Maybe, uh, you know, an FCS school, maybe. You know, yeah, I just I don't hope. see him landing with a, another FBS school. Maybe a, a FCS school. You know, I mean, he'll get back to work, you know, more so. I hope so. Year, I think. And one last question. Um, um, I don't know if this was asked already, but uh, are they, is the university or the coaching staff or whatever, are going to put out any, like, strength numbers or anything like that? Because I think everybody's kind of curious about that. Yeah, we're, we're trying, man. You know, we've it, this is this is new turf for us. I mean, we've always been able to get them. We had a great relationship for many, many years with Coach Swayze. He would always give them to us. Um, but it's all, you know, there's a new sheriff in town, and uh, he's keeping that aspect of the organization very much under wraps right now. Um, but we'll constantly be trying to get that for you. Trust me. Yeah, because I'm real curious to see, you know, how these kids are looking. Because I remember, like, a couple years back when, um, when Urban Meyer was in Florida, he would, you know, the program would always spit out these, you know, the numbers and pictures of the kids. And just to see how much they've grown yeah. in, like, a, a couple of months we, was just always yeah. amazing to me. I mean, we've you always know? been able to do the same thing. So, we'll, you know, we'll see. We'll be trying. Trust me. We, right. we, okay. We're gonna have, oh, we're gonna have a, a captive audience here for a month now, so we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be working like uh, Tasmanian devils on steroids for you guys. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, Gary. One quick basketball question. Now the I mean the ACC tournament is not in North Carolina anymore, right? This year it's in Washington, Washington D.C. I'll be uh, getting on a plane on Thursday morning and going up there, and uh, we'll be bringing you guys tons of coverage from up there. Oh, man, I was hoping they'd come to New York because, you know, we have the Barclays Centers. You know, it's like in the New Big York. Um, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if it's next year or the year after, but it's going to be in New York one year, yeah. Oh, they're moving okay. it around a little Every bit. It'll, it'll go back to North Carolina also, but they're trying to move it around. Yeah, I like that Homer field that they have. You put it in North Carolina, you got North Carolina. Yeah, I don't like that either. You know, I, it was... Yeah, you I like do, the big cities. North Carolina yeah, put, State, it was just too much. Put it in Washington, put it in New York. Uh, I, I even put you know Atlanta if you want to go there, great. Uh, you know, oh, man, I, I can't wait for them to come to Brooklyn. Can't wait for them to come to Brooklyn. All right, Gary, listen, thanks a lot. I really appreciate the show. So you know, if you can keep me on hold, I appreciate it. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of it. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. If you want to get in here before we conclude tonight, hit the number one on your keypad. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go out now to the six seven eight. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? All right, going once, going twice. If you want to get on, call back quick. Hit the number one on your keypad. All right, I've cleared the board. Uh, so if you want to get in tonight, like I said, um, make sure you hit the number one on your keypad. I'm just going to address a couple more of these uh, questions that have come in. Um can we name a player on offense and defense that maybe isn't well known to the average fan, but could could emerge here in the spring? And um, you know, on on offense, uh, that that's a really tough question. I I think I would have to throw Jahair Jones out there on offense as a guy that nobody's expecting anything out of, but but who could emerge 
in spring practice. Uh, a lot of focus is going to be on the offensive line. Uh, they're going to be looking for guys that can play that left tackle spot. i got to believe they'll see what a lot of us out here see, that Trevor Darling is best suited to be the left guard. Um, so I'm going to throw the name Jahair Jones out there on offense. And then on defense, I think I'm going to throw the name Jamie Gordner out there. He's a kid. Um who came here out of New Jersey. He's one of those kids that's just like a pure football player. Uh, you know, just goes out and balls. And uh, a lot of people question his speed. Uh, he's certainly not a 4-4 guy, uh, probably more like a 4-7 guy. Um, but he'll get a look at the Mike linebacker spot. And he's a guy that I think um, could have a good spring and attract the notice of the coaches. Um, so I'll throw those two guys um, out there right now all right let's go out now to um let me see here uh let's try the 973 you're live on kane sport live hey gary what's going on man what's going on who's this it's ross jersey thanks for getting me right in what's up um, i think everybody tonight was just like listening in trying to figure out what they want to talk about i know that's what i was doing um i know yeah. you're telling us i know you're telling us you need to get on but, hey, you need but, to get on know, and talk about it. I I actually just wanted to listen first and, and kind of get my thoughts together. I've got a few things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, well, let's just jump right on the um, J.C. Jackson um, thing, the cornerback. Now, you're saying here's a kid who got in trouble. And, yes, he did get in trouble. But from my understanding, he he's no longer in trouble. And if he's a kid that got in trouble, we should be concerned about that. Are you telling me that other programs are not concerned about it because they're recruiting them hard now? So we shouldn't we shouldn't try to get them. I, I mean, I think you got to do a lot of research there and, and see um, exactly what. But what I think really that's what's going on, on with I mean, the time. I mean, you know, you have a kid. You have a kid that was was charged with three counts of armed robbery. Okay, and, and they asked him to leave the University of Florida football team and. Um, you know, I just think you got to be careful. You know, you yeah, know. I mean, but 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 my understanding was investigations that went on. A whole um, what do you call it? Uh, as far as um, they looked into it, he got. He's just well here. Taking, according to the police report, um, he entered the apartment of an acquaintance and was followed mm-hmm. by two other guys into okay. the apartment. Um, he quickly left to take a phone call according to the police report. And then the two guys that he brought to the apartment pulled out a gun and robbed the resident and the two visitors that were in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, after the fact, he claimed he did not know the two guys that followed him in there. And there, there was you know, some question about that or whatever. Um, but they still had him leave the Florida football team. So, you know, you just, you got to be careful. I'm well, not, I mean, you, you, yeah, I'm you not just got to be careful. I mean, I, I'm not judging J.C. Jackson. I, you know, we've spoken to him a few times, don't really know him, uh, you know, have no idea whether what, what the truth is in the situation in Gainesville. But, but you know, the one – you just got to be careful because he, he, he was a good football player and um, was, was a guy that was looked at as, as a potential starter up there, and they just turned him loose and let him go. So uh, Well, and that's, and that's because in that area – down there, you know, it was it was a hot situation at the time, 
And, of course, you're going to let them go because you don't want, you just don't want to deal with something like that. When you're the team that has to deal with it the first time, you don't want to deal with it. But my understanding that he's off, he's gotten off of those charges. And I'm not saying we have to get him. I'm just saying is why can't we look into it? Why can't we have a chance of getting him? Because everybody else is trying to get him too. So why not? Because what I would really hate really happen is for somebody in our conference to like a Louisville or somebody to end up with that kid or North Carolina State or someone to come back and whip our butt doing it. Yeah, but this is way bigger than that. You know, it you, you is. Gotta I mean, make, I understand. You got to make sure you make the right decision for the football program. They should do their due diligence. They should do their due diligence. You know, if if he got Ross, if he got a bad rap. And 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 the whole thing, and that's what they find, and they give him a chance. That's one thing. But if he really is a kid that has a propensity to get in trouble, and now you're bringing that into your foot program at Miami, that's not what you want to do. So I'm not sure, judging sure. him at I all. Agree. I have no, I have no idea. I'm just saying they got to be careful. They got to do their homework, and they got to make sure they do the right thing for the program. And that supersedes his abilities as a football player. Sure, and, sure, sure, and, sure. And, and in tandem, their desperation at that position. That's what's, and that's where now you got to put everybody on the job. You got to put a rump on the job. You got to put a guys like you know I won't say that's closer to his age, but you just have to put you know some guys that around him that you feel that will be able to pay attention to what's going on with them moving forward. You know, going around campus or just getting involved off campus, stuff like that. I mean, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time in it. I just wanted to address it because I, you know it was a matter of it was topic of a conversation that you know you brought up. And I, I think just like we, like anybody else, should be going after anybody that's really good and um, and doing our due diligence. So that's just I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. All right. You got anything okay. else tonight? Yeah, yeah. Secondly, um, Brad Kaya, uh, you're saying, you know, I to a point I agree with you when you say he needs to take the next step, but and he needs to slide and move his feet and 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 get and don't have the ball being batted down. The way I've always called it and dealt with you and, and, and brought up things is I have never felt like he's being coached properly. Meaning, now that the whole combination as far as the schoolie, it starts from the head man. And a lot of the stuff that goes on as far as with the head man trickled down into the team. The way, we, the time when we was running the ball or what type of defense we was playing, the whole concept of the whole team was just bad. So I think you contribute that to him not looking like a big-time quarterback at times from just the stuff that was going on in the program. Just to, you know, we, we're putting him out there with guys that cannot block. Adago? Adago almost got him killed twice. Yeah, no argument. So, so when you say you you haven't seen it from him, I, I I think he have it in him. I think he just wasn't being put in the right situations. Okay, for instance, now you might say I'm reaching here. How many times did we see him last year fake to a running back when the running back was nowhere close for, for the um, play, you know, you play action? Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, was that the most retarded? I mean, okay, wrong choice of word. But are you, are you serious? I mean, I'll go back and I'll watch games because I like to go back and watch some of the games that, you know, we played and I shake my head or I feel good about that play or that play. But why is he faking to the running back and the running back is not even nowhere close to him? And, and again, that's coaching. That's I'll coaching. That's allowing... I will be shocked if you see play action executed like that under Mark Richt. Are you serious? I was looking at the numbers and then, you know, you got opposing team that's looking at that that's saying, listen, kill him. He's going to take three or four, three or four seconds just to do that. Kill him. Get him. Because he's not, 
he's not giving the running back the ball at all. That was stupid. It was just, just he was just doing stupid stuff. Yeah, he's faking the handoff, and the running back is nowhere close to him. That takes time, and that's why he can't get rid of the ball. So those are things that you have to look at when you're going to evaluate him, Gary. I'm not saying that don't be hard on him, but let's 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 see what happens now when he's probably being um, coached up by better guys, more yep, qualified we'll by qualified opponents. You know, and and um, a couple other things too. I'm I'm a little concerned about this, and you tell me what you think about it. We should win just first three games by three touchdowns or more, all of them. I don't care about going to Appalachian State on the road. We should whip them by by five touchdowns. Four, to, I take four. The thing that's going to concern me is the defense that we're playing. We are playing aggressive defense. Yes, go get them, go get them, go kill the quarterback, go kill everybody. But then come that week, now we have to stop and change the whole concept on defense how we're going to approach the game against Georgia Tech. And I don't hear a lot of people bringing that up, but I think that's going to be very – that's going to be huge how we approach that. Because for the first three games is get the quarterback, get everybody, let's get them on the ground, and let's kill, kill, kill. But now how do you prepare them? How do you, might have a how do you translate that to assignment football? Yeah, you're right. That'll yeah. be a challenge. Yeah, because now somebody is going to be off the field. I don't know. It depends on what type of defense you're running. You're going to have to probably take a linebacker off, probably put more do – you, do you take the linebacker off? Do you put – extra DB, do you focus on, you know, stuff that you talked about last year, hit the quarterback every time, regardless if he has the ball or not. And that's something I hope that we do in that game. Hit his behind every time. Let him feel you every time. So, um, you know, while everybody's talking about, yeah, we're going to be 4-0, I think we should be 4-0, that game just surprised me. It's not surprised. That concerns me. And I wouldn't be surprised if we struggle a little bit in the first half and then kind of make it up towards the end of the game and, and win that game. Another thing as far as the schedule, um, 10 games to me, 10 games to me should be something that we do. The only two games I think we should struggle with is the Florida State Notre Dame game. And I think out of one of those two teams, we're going to put a scare in somebody. I'm not really sure yet because I have to see what it looks like in the spring. And I'm one of those guys who the spring game, the spring practice, I don't get concerned about what we're doing. I just want to know what we look like because if my offense is dominating my defense, I don't feel good about that. If my defense is dominating my offense, I don't feel great about that. So I, I kind of want to balance. I want to see how they're, you know, what they look like in practice and how they're moving around and, and what they're getting out of their reps, what they're getting out of reps. And and, and and the spring game is like a bonus, but I don't want total domination on either side. I want to balance, and I want to see guys throwing outs, catching curls, getting six yards on a pop at times, and the next time he gets his behind on the ground, the defense stepped up the next couple of plays, and the offense stepped up the next couple of plays. So that's what I want to see. Just wanted to throw that out there. Just you know, I don't think we should dom- I don't think we should look good on either side. I don't feel good about being dominant on either side. And it's bottom. It's going to come down to the defensive line and the offensive line. Bottom line for me. That's just that's just wanted to get my own two steps in on that. Well, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I agree. I, I, you know, I think you'd like to see quality on on both sides, and and if one side's dominating the other, then you know maybe it is an area of, of concern, uh, particularly if the offense is dominating the defense. Uh, you know, I think there's every reason 
to expect the defense to to shine this spring just because they're installing a new system on offense uh every you know a lot of new terminology and things like that and uh, there's going to be an adjustment period going on i know they're doing the same on defense um but you know i i think it's a lot tougher on the offensive side of the ball because of all the moving parts so uh i would suspect that the defense should get the better of the offense uh at most times this spring so we'll just see what happens i mean i'm not going to overreact too much to anything, to be honest with you. Me either. I, I think it's just going to be a balance. Because in the past, if you look at the Alabamas and all these other teams, what, what a lot of people don't realize when they're on ESPN and they're showing these spring games, they're not really playing ones against ones. Golden did that. And, and, I, and I'm going to say this. When we was playing one against our ones, that was for other teams, that's like their second and third team. We was kind of sometimes putting out there. And I wouldn't call, you know, guys like um, Duke – you know, anybody's third player or second player, but I'm just saying a combination of the entire team at times what we had in the last couple of years, that was with other people's number two teams and, and, and three teams that we was calling our one D and our one offense. So a, a, lot, of, a lot of people don't realize when, when we watch these Auburns and all these other teams play, they was really putting their one offense against their number two defense, and they were scoring it looks good on TV. They weren't going up against ones against ones. They did a real good mixture of, Guys, or that they know going there and play. Yeah, and, and I, I like ones against TV. ones. I don't like. I know you do. I, I know yeah, you do. But I'm just saying, Golden did it. But our ones against ones wasn't quality anyway. Is what I'm trying to tell you. So it was. It was times when we just didn't look good doing it. No matter what we tried, we did. It didn't. It didn't play good. And it, and if you're taking notice, look at all this. We're right back on TV now that we got a new regime. There was times where ESPN didn't want to put the spring game in Miami on TV anymore. ESPN three, they took it off. They weren't <laughs> interested. I mean, Gary, am I lying? Am, am I? Am I is it, no, is you're that right. Far fetched. No, you're yeah, right. Because not even we even have our pro day on on TV now. Last year, we didn't, I don't think we had our pro day on TV. So things are changing. The feelings are feeling a little different, and I'm excited, and I'm ready to roll, man. So I appreciate your time, and um, you got it, just, you know, just, give, just going to let us keep me at home. You got to give us a shout again. Uh, next week. Let's go to the 251. You're live on King Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Yes, sir. Who's this? Hey, hey, man. This is um, Brian Collins from Mobile, man. I was just listening to the show. I kind of came in on the end of it. Um, I kind of missed a lot of things, but I'm going to um, start my questions off of what the last caller was talking about with the schedule. And I think the one thing that everybody's not really paying attention to is. Even, you know, with us having a lot of talent coming back this year, um, I think everybody just needs to kind of hold up on these predictions of nine and ten wins. I know we have talent coming back, Gary, but I'm a firm believer of, you know, you're changing, you're changing coaches, so you're changing the offense, and you're also changing the defense. I know it's going to get better. But, I mean, even Nick Saban, his first year at Alabama, he lost six games. He lost to, I think it was Louisiana Monroe. So you got to kind of be realistic that it's probably going to take a few games before everything starts clicking. Now, yeah, well, he was saying you – know, I, I was going to say, I'm I, sorry, think, go I, ahead. Think the fact, I think the fact that you have a veteran quarterback, you know, kind yeah. of is, is a little bit of a game changer in that regard. And I, and I, and I think that that gives you a reason to mm-hmm. hope, for a, hope for a little bit better than that. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe that you know, I, I I I can expect for it to be better. I, I mean, I, that's without a shadow of a doubt. But I mean, it's just 
with the way college football is now, I mean, you look at what, what the coach did at Florida. Okay, he started out hot, but towards the end of the season, they had a major meltdown and got to the bowl game and got destroyed. Okay, you look at um, um, the guy over at Auburn. When he got in the first year, they went what, straight to the next championship. Last few years, he garbage. He on the hot. So, I mean, it can either happen at the beginning or it can happen at the end, but I'm just one of the ones, like you said, I, I just want to hold up for a minute, look at the spring game, let's, let's get a couple games under the belt, you know, before we start talking about 10 wins. I mean, I want to get back to that myself. Okay, yeah, I agree with you. I was saying that. I was saying that earlier. Way too early to be making crazy predictions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, let's get let's get through a few of these scrimmages first. And just see what you see, you know? Yeah, and, and not only that, Gary. I'm, I'm gonna go out on the limb and say this. I mean, everybody talking about Appalachian State. Appalachian State. Let's be clear. That program, you know, that's a pretty good, decent program. I mean, I remember when they went up to Michigan. First game, Michigan was ranked number five, and they beat. Them. So yeah, you, better, you, you kinda, don't want to take them for granted, that's for sure. Exactly. So you got to kind of be you, you got to you got to think a little bit about this because I'm like you. I want to see what the team is going to look like first before I start making predictions because everybody. I mean, you're looking at our conference now. You got a lot of new coaches coming into this conference, so it's going to be different. It's, it's going to be very different. So that's kind of that's kind of to be expected. It's, it's going to be some different football played in this conference this year. So I'm, I'm, I still want to say play a few games, play get get through this spring, get through some scrimmages, and you know fix everything that's got a problem, and, and then we start making these predictions, you know, right before the season starts, because that way you'll know what you got. Yep, okay, I another to- thing. Totally agree. Okay, another thing, real quick. Um, do you know, or, or 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 is it safe to say that all the recruits we got this year they're going to qualify to get in? Uh, we don't know that for a fact yet. We have not heard of anybody that's in jeopardy of not qualifying, but can't, I can't say that from that standpoint right now. Okay. Um, and for as the um, practice facility, um, how how is that going? And have you heard anything about the administration for as you know upgrades coming? You know coming in. You know coming not now, but in the future for as the facilities around campus yeah. or anything like that, or Forest Stadium, any ideas of stadiums and stuff like that? I'll be very surprised if we don't see the announcement of the people who are practicing at some point in this calendar. What month will be, I don't know, it depends on how quickly the money comes together. They're looking for yeah. a major donor to step up and take naming of the facility. Um, we kick off the kick it all off. And, uh, I think they'll find really good. Okay. And another thing, um, um, last well about two nights ago, I didn't have much to do. Um, let me ask you this. Um, I watched um Mississippi State and the Auburn game and I went back and I just went through some games where Missouri played a few games. How involved do you think Coach Cooley and the other position coaches um is gonna be when it comes to um, um Manny Diaz um his defensive scheme because I watched that game against last year when they played against Auburn. And, I mean, Auburn was so suspect at quarterback, too, it wasn't even funny. But Mississippi State, they gave up a lot. I mean, Auburn didn't score, but they gave up a lot. 
and you know I was like, okay, I can deal with that, but you're giving up too many yards. And well, that, that's going to happen with this defense now. I mean, you, you get used to it. it. It's a gambling, it's a gambling style of defense. It's very aggressive, but they're going to give up big plays sometimes. So, so that's even, the knock even, on. When you talk to people it, yeah, around the country, that's the knock on it. Too many big plays. Uh, too, too much erratic nature uh, to it, and, and that was the knock that a lot of people have around the country on the main Yeah, because man, I know I watched that game and he was blitzing linebackers, he was blitzing cornerbacks, he was blitzing safeties, and I I know with the type of athletes that that we get down here in Miami, and I'm like, okay, I'm looking at the angles that some of the cornerbacks were taking, some of the linebackers were taking up there, and I'm like, okay. That's, that there got, got a lot to do with maybe some of the coaching. But I also looked at, you know, some of the past Missouri games when Missouri defensive front alone just dominated games. I mean, they they I mean they had decent defenses, but like last year, the defense, defensive line, I think, I think he had like one or two freshmen. Them guys was moving across that line like they've been, in, been, been playing for Missouri for four years. So, I'm just trying to see how much involved is the position coaches are going to be in in the scheme because I think if 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 he lets them get a little bit more involved, you can kind of cut down on some of the bad things that I've seen in his on his defense because dude, those guys those, those corners was giving up a lot of passing yards, and I'm like, okay, this, so it's the defense they was getting to the quarterback. But if they they was giving up a whole lot. Yep, that, that's that's the nature of that defense. So we'll see. You know, I mean, I don't expect it to be any different here. Well, I, I guess I have to get used to seeing that, Gary. Um, yep. You can put me back on hold and and find out taking my call. Thank you okay. for being part of the show. All right, last call of the night. Let's go out to the three one eight. You're live on King Sport Live. What's going on, Gary? Is this Sports City Kane again? I hope you've been doing well in the last well, month you've uh, since well. you've been out there. Yeah, since we since we've been out there. Uh, just want to say this: I was watching uh, some of their some of our uh, 2017 recruits, and that Grimes guy. I don't know if we'll get him, but man, that guy looks real good. I think you know what guy, everyone everyone's got him earmarked for Ohio State already, and I know Chris Carter's got that whole thing going on at St. Thomas trying to send kids to Ohio State and all that. Sam Bruce did go to Ohio State. And you know what? If Miami has a good year this year and they do a good job recruiting that kid, I think they have a chance. If we get that guy, hey, look, you know, I think we uh, we back in business, we back in the game. But Grimes and uh, Judy, man, they look – but Grimes really just looked like a he, – he looked like a, a college receiver already. I mean, he has some yeah. strong hands. And, I mean, he just literally, in, in that little tape that y'all had on Kane's Sport, I mean, he just literally manhandled the cornerback. Uh, and so, you know, uh, I mean, it's some of those guys that you sit back and look at and say, well, maybe, but but that Grimes kid, he's a difference maker in a game changer, period. I mean, I already – and he already had that game changer type of mentality. Uh, but back to our current team, 
I think that everybody will say this, that this is a bit premature, but I think that our season in 2016 is going to be dictated by really two two items. I think it's going to be the line of scrimmage, and I think it's going to be how healthy we stay. You know, if we stay healthy and we take care of the line of scrimmage, and uh, like he was talking about Manny Diaz's defense, we kind of limit the big plays, then we got a chance. But I think that it'll be a game changer if we can win either the Florida State game or the Notre Dame game because I can't stand Notre Dame. But that Zaire quarterback, he really is special. And so I think it's going to be very difficult for us to beat one of those. But I think if we can win one of those games, then I think things will change uh, quite a bit. Now, let me ask you this question. Would it surprise you if – we know that uh, the young man uh, who started at middle linebacker, would it surprise you if Jamie Gardner uh, was a year-long starter? Yeah, it would surprise, surprise me if he starts. Um, but I do think that he's a guy that has a chance in the spring to impress the new staff and take a little bit of a step forward. You know, we'll see. Okay, and, and, and another question. With the departure of Jerome Washington, you see one of our freshmen coming in and getting some significant playing time. I know that we be going three deep there, but isn't it a bit of concern that for just to say for any reason that Njoku decides or that all three of those guys have a relatively good year? And we could very conceivably lose at least two of them to the NFL. And then I even though, well. you know, you, you're not going to lose two of them in the NFL. You're going to lose Dobard, obviously, after his senior year. But um, Herndon uh, has two years left, and Njoku has three. Uh, well, let me I, ask you this. Let me ask you this. But, Gary, if, if, if Njoku wanted to, he is eligible to leave, right? Yeah, but that's, uh, I don't see that happening. He's not that far along. Oh, he's not that far along? Okay, then. So. Uh, okay, and then uh, another question who, out of, when you talk about the defensive back, who do you think uh, that we, we're not talking about a whole lot that is going to play a significant role as far as the, at the cornerback uh, spot this year? A person that we're not talking about much or giving much pull to, but who's going to uh, contribute? Who do you think will be a, a key contributor this year uh, um, at I cornerback? I Sheld- Sheldrick Red- Redwine. Is a guy mm-hmm. to keep an eye on in that regard. Um, you know, I don't know, man. It's 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 kind of rough at that position. I mean, I I I think. What about Eleanor, Michael Jackson? You don't think Michael Jackson is gone? He would be the next guy I would bring up, but I think Red Wine's further along than Michael Jackson. I'm not sure Michael Jackson has the foot speed to get it done mm-hmm. out there. I mean, we'll see. I mean, they're they're very thin at corner, man. I mean. I, I'm not. I haven't been impressed with what I've seen so far from Ryan Mays. Um, I don't think Terrence Henley is big and physical enough. Um, they're really, really light. I think. I think they're going to have to move Jaquan Johnson out there personally. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been hearing. And uh, that's what I, I think uh, they're going to have to do. I don't think they're going to have a choice. And, and was that? Yeah. And was that the motivation behind picking up the graduate transfer, mainly to give uh, Jaquan Johnson? More of a look at, at that cornerback position. I would. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, they they need bodies everywhere in the defensive backfield. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
There's not a lot. I, I, there's not a lot of quality depth there. Okay, then what? And I, I mean, whatever happens with J.C. Jackson, you know, just like you said, it's a long shot. But whatever happens with him, you know, uh, remains to be seen. But uh, you know, I, I think that they're going to take their time and do their due diligence as well as they should do, uh, because you don't want to bring any. You don't want to bring a person in there and uh, and it just kind of blow up in your face. So you know, but uh. I just think that hopefully uh, we can get another graduate transfer or somebody back there to solidify because it's just like this. The pass rush and the coverage work hand-in-hand, and if the coverage is just not what it needs to be, uh, we're going to be in a uh, in a bag, in a kind of bind. And I think the last couple of years, it's just like we've uh, gotten so far behind and gotten so in such a point to where, you know, we always are just trying to, you know, keep pace with the other team scoring. Uh, we don't want to see uh, very much more of that. Uh, but and, and this is my last point. Who in the, who in this twenty? And I know you haven't had a chance to look at them a whole lot. But who, if you could name a couple of guys that you've seen in that 2017 recruiting class, who you feel like we must get in order to, you know, take us to the place that we want to be, which is national relevance. To, to me, it, it starts and ends with those two receivers. Um, you know, I just think those two guys are at a whole different level. They're elite, elite guys. They're from South Florida. And, and I think that this recruiting class will be judged on getting at least one, if not both of them. Judy, you know, and, uh, yeah. Judy and Grimes, right? Judy and Grimes. Yeah, everything else is still developing. You, you know, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't really feel that, there's enough of a understanding of the entire spectrum as it extends out around the state and around the country yet. Uh, I, you know, I think we got to see more who, who they end up recruiting as we go through March, April, May here and, and, and move towards the summer. And then um, once we do that, we see who they're in on and who's considering Miami. Then I think we can kind of line guys a little bit better. Um, you know, see as we get into June at the Rivals Five Star Challenge, how many of those elite kids from around the country are considering Miami. Um, that's when we could kind of start to align everything up. But I think it's going to start and end with those two receivers just because they're so elite. Okay, then, well, then, hey, look, Gary, uh, I'll be looking forward to calling you in the upcoming weeks. But uh, just uh, enjoyed the show tonight and uh, just keep up the good work. You got it, man. Thank- thanks for being part of it. All right, guys, that's going to be it for tonight. Uh, I thank everybody who called in for for participating. Um, We will be back um, next Tuesday evening um, to talk more about spring practice, which begins on Monday. We'll we'll be out there for the first drills. We'll bring you tons of coverage um, from from that practice. And and then we'll be here on Tuesday night uh, to talk about it on Kane Sport Live, as well as the NCAA tournament. We'll know then who the Hurricanes have drawn, what their seed is for March Madness, and we'll we'll talk a, a lot about that as well next Tuesday night. So thank you, everybody, for being part of the show tonight, and we'll talk to you next week.